All right, I had one little announcement. It's actually a prayer request that I wanted to mention to you guys. So there was a, a, young, a young preacher down in Wilkes that passed away yesterday. His name's Ryan Marlowe. He was the pastor down at uh, Grace Baptist Church. He was 30, 37 years old. I'm not exactly sure what happened. He's been in the hospital for almost two weeks now, I think. Um, brain bleed, lesions. They had found some stuff on his spine. I mean, it was just like that. It just happened really, really fast. But uh, he's got a seven-year-old son and two twin or twin daughters that are two. And so uh, very, very young. But uh, just remember the, the Marlowe family. He's uh, very well known down in Wilkes. I've, I've, I've never met him. I've heard his preaching and know uh, I've heard a lot of great things about him. So just remember the Marlowe family uh, in that passing and Grace Baptist Church down in Wilkes. Uh, as they as they grieve uh, over the the next few weeks, I'm sure and months to come, they were in the middle of a revival this week, and uh, I'd seen some pictures that they had taken of him. He was laying in his hospital bed, and they brought a tablet in and set it up so he could watch the revival uh, live streaming the revival. So very very sad, leaving behind a seven year old and two two year olds. That's 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 tough. His wife's name is Megan, if you remember Megan. In prayer, I know we've got several out. Um, in college, just talking COVID, uh, it's kind of picked back up. So we got—I don't know that that's why our people are out, but uh, just remember those that uh, that are exposed right now and trying to get through that. And I don't have anything else. Y'all got anything? We're good. I know that we're going to have our annual meeting of the association in October. We've got to meet next week and get that planned out. So be in prayer for that meeting. <laughs> I've heard Dana Crawford's taking us out to the the Wilco to get Danger Dogs to talk about this. So be in prayer for that. If you got your Bible, turn over to Hebrews chapter nine. Hebrews chapter nine. We're gonna we're gonna look at uh, deadlines. How many of y'all love a good deadline? I, I can't stand a deadline. That makes me so mad having deadlines. We we live under a lot of pressure in our lives because of deadlines and, and if you it just depends on what type of business you you work in you have deadlines that you have to follow there's there's dates set that you have to have something completed you gotta have something done by this date so that something else can take place or whatever the whatever the situation might be we we have pressures one of the pressures we have with deadlines is paying bills we have to pay the bills. We have certain days each month that something is due. Rent is due. Mortgage is due. Truck payments due. Whatever it is. But we have deadlines, and we have to follow these deadlines and make sure that we hit these deadlines with our payments. Um, some things I was thinking about this week uh, when I was getting ready for this is uh, because I had to do this for, for Abby the other day or last month, and that was renewing her car tag. Those are, you know, you really need to get those renewed. She was only, I think, two months late, so it's not too bad. It's her car. <laughs> I shouldn't be doing that for you. But we, we have to make sure. I can't say that I think I renewed Maria's late, too. <laughs> but we have to get our, our tags renewed. That's very important. Or you get, you know, you could get a ticket and other things could happen. Uh, we have pressure of filing and paying for our taxes in order to avoid 87,000 IRS agents beating our doors down. We have to renew, or we have to pay our taxes. We have that deadline. We've got to pay them. 
uh, we can go on about those deadlines, but we each, we face these deadlines every single day. There's no exemption. There's going to be a time that something is going to be due. There's going to be a time when, and it don't have to be money. It's not financial, not always financial. It could be paperwork. It could be homework. I mean, the kid's starting up in school right now. It could be homework. So there's different things that we have to look at that have due dates that we have to get things done and get it completed. So today I want to talk about life's greatest deadline, the greatest deadline that we'll ever face in our life, and that is death. It's a, there's a deadline. There, there is a time. There is an appointed time that we will go home. He will call us away. And so we're going to look at that, and it's one that we none of us can avoid, by the way, just so you know. It's important, and I want everybody, everybody to see it with their own eyes. I want you to see this deadline, and we can see this deadline right now. We can see it because we're going to see it in the Word of God. We're going to see it in the verse that we're getting ready to read. It's, it's a visual deadline. If you've got your Bibles, if you want to stand for just a second, it's just one verse, but it's Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. One little verse. I think we're all familiar with this one. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. After this, the judgment. Let's pray. Lord God, this morning as uh, we had come to you, Lord, some with broken hearts as, as we grieve and mourn the loss of Brother Marlowe this morning, I pray that uh, the family, Lord, as close as they are to you right now, Father, I pray that they draw closer to you. Lord, I, fr- I pray they would find comfort and, and peace in, in your word. Lord, uh, that's a great church that he's pastoring. Lord, I pray that that church will gather around that, that family today and support one another. And as the sister churches around them do the same, as uh, the, the county of Wilkes mourns and that town that they're in, Lord, as they mourn, I pray that they'd find comfort in knowing that he is at home uh, with the angels right now. I pray that they would know that he has found perfect healing from this situation, uh, knowing that he is in your arms right now. And, Lord, I pray again for that grieving family, for those children as they grow up without a dad. Lord, I pray that you would uh, allow them to grow closer to you and, and allow that mother uh, to be the, the encourager that those children are going to need. God, this morning as uh, we continue to, to grow in the church, I pray that you would work in our hearts. Lord, work in our minds. Lord, give us, uh, as Keith taught this morning, give us what we need uh, to go out to those that are around us. And, Lord, to be a witness to those and to bring them Lord, to church, if that be uh, the case, Lord, I pray that we would be the person to bring them either to this church or at least encourage them to go to church. But I pray today, God, that you would, through the Holy Spirit, would give us what we need to be that light for those that are lost. And Lord, I pray today that you be with us through this message. In your son's name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. Hebrews 9.27. That's one of those verses that we... I've read it. I know I've read it a lot in, in funerals. It should be a reminder to each one of us. If you look at that verse, as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. That should be a reminder for us that we have been given, we don't know what it is, but we have been given a date of death. What it is, we don't know. It's like a date of birth. We kind of know. They can kind of give you an idea of what the date of birth is going to be. Was Abby born on her actual due date? Was it Abby? Yeah. So they told us Abby would be born on, on May 4th, 2006. We, we knew that. We thought we knew that. And then she actually did. That's the only th- time you've ever been on time, I think. 
<laughs> unless you're riding with me. But we, we have due dates, and we try to follow those due dates and try to make sure that we are on time with those. So we all know of life's greatest deadline, which is, is death, but only a few are ready when that deadline arrives. Ecclesiastes 9.5, part of it says, For the living know that they shall die. For the living know that they shall die. And then Matthew 7.14 says, Because straight is the gate, narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Now Ecclesiastes tells us that there is not a single boy, not a single girl, not a single man, not a single woman in this room right now that doesn't know that we're going to die. Except Clayton, they ain't got there yet. But for the majority of us, we know that we're going to go sometime. We're going to pass away. It's inevitable. Mortality rate for a human being is 100%, just so you know. We're going to go. So I think we have that. I think we understand that. We're all going to face it. So here's what confuses a lot of people. This is what kind of boggles the mind when it comes to Matthew seven fourteen. A hundred percent of the people know about the deadline. Amen. I think we all know that. A hundred percent of the people in this world know they're going to die. But we're well. I, I, I say that, and I think about teenagers, and I think they think that they're going to live forever. But we're told in Scripture by Jesus Himself that only a few are prepared when this deadline arrives. That's what the Bible tells us. Only a few are prepared when this deadline is going to arrive. Just a few. So, we know there's a deadline, which again is the greatest of all deadlines that we're ever going to meet. And we know that uh, how to be prepared for these deadlines, which is through what? Through salvation. That's how we're prepared for this deadline, is to be saved. So when he calls us out, that we'll go home, be with him in heaven. The, but here's the thing. People are not ready for this deadline because they're too busy preparing for other deadlines. We're too busy trying to work to pay the bills so that we can keep the power on. We're too busy working so that we can pay our insurance. We're too busy trying to meet the deadlines for homework, and we're too busy trying to meet the deadlines for, for essays and for uh, projects and for uh, things that at work. We're too busy trying to meet these other deadlines to be prepared or being prepared for the greatest deadline that will ever affect us. Death. Death. We're too busy with every other deadline in the world to be ready for this greatest deadline. But for some reason, the greatest deadline in the world, people tend to, to fail to be ready for because they're too committed to everything else in the world. They're too committed to all these other deadlines. And Jesus told us that it is appointed unto men once to die. That's our deadline. And so we are not ready for it. It doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Why, if we know, if the Word of God right here says, and as it is appointed to men once to die, but after this, the judgment. If Jesus tells us that we are appointed once to die, why are we not ready for that day? Why are we not ready for that deadline? Why is anyone dragging their feet? If we know we're going to go, then why are we waiting? Why are we not prepared for this deadline? It could be that most people are not ready because we don't know the appointed time. I don't like surprises. I do not like surprises. I don't want to be surprised. I'm a planner. I plan things out. I have a schedule. 
And if you ask me, hey, can you do something on so-and-so day, I promise you the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to grab my phone, and I'm going to thumb up here, and I'm going to find my calendar, and I'm going to look on that day. And I just clicked on it, and I just realized that I'm teaching CPR at Willowdale Baptist Church tomorrow night. Claire, or Carly, I'll see you tomorrow night, okay? <laughs> I'll be at Willowdale teaching CPR. I plan things out. I want to know where I'm going to be when I'm going to be there. When we go on vacation, how are vacations with me? We know where we're going to be. We know what time we're going to be there. We know where we're going to be, how long we're going to be there before we move on. To the, the, one of the greatest stresses on vacation I've ever had is when we did the Lighthouse Tour because I had it planned at tea. I knew we were on this day, we're going to be here. On this day, we're, well, I mean, we had to see seven lighthouses in four days. So I had to plan that out. I'm a planner. I want to know where I'm going to be, when I'm going to be there. I don't do things on a whim very often. But I have, but, but a lot of people don't know about this appointed time. They're not ready because they don't know what the appointed time is. The Bible tells us, verse 27 says again, it is appointed. It is appointed to us. It, the power deal bill is due on a certain day, right? We have power bills due a certain day. We have vehicle payments due on a certain day. We have certain things due on a certain date. These kids are going back to school, so they have homework. It is due on a certain day. Abby has to write a, what would you say, you got to write an essay on cows or swine, sorry. Abby's got to write an essay on swine hogs for the layperson. She didn't know what swine was. So we, <laughs> she didn't. She has a due date. She knows that her swine report has to be done on a certain day. Paisley, Carly, they got homework, they got due dates, they got things they got to do. I was thinking about Sage. So you know in or in band, whatever you do, I can never think of it, that you know you have a ball game and you have to be prepared to march. Aha, I got it. March. You got to be prepared for that day. You got to be prepared for that event that you're going to be, take place. You have to be prepared for that due date. Be ready for that due date. Be ready to turn all that stuff in. We know the dates of these things. We know them. I like that. I like knowing that date. But with death, we don't know. We don't know. Even when, when you hear people say, well, they've called hospice in. They've only given them so many days to live or so many weeks to live or so many months to live. We still don't know the date. They still can't point out and say, on this date at this time, this person is going to pass away. We don't know that. We have no clue. With death, we know it's appointed, and it's an appointed time, but the problem is, and I think this is why we get mad at God sometimes, only He knows when that appointed time is going to be. Only He. Only He. So sometimes we get mad at God about that. But I also am very pleased that I don't know these things. I don't know when I'll go or when y'all go or when anybody in my family is going to go. And so without knowing, we live our lives loving each other like this will be the last day that we'll see them. That's the way we do it. We tell each other that we love them before we say bye or go to bed or whatever it is. We tell them because we don't know, because the Bible tells us that, that we don't know what the future holds. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. We know that life is but a vapor. And so we don't know if we'll be here tomorrow or not. And you might be thinking, if, if God wants to get more people prepared for death, he's going to have to tell us when we're going to die. He don't have to, and I'm glad he doesn't have to. 
If we know the date and time, it seems like more people would be prepared. But if you read the Bible, and I'm going to read you a story real fast in the Bible, if you read it, there, there's this passage right here, and it makes me believe that even knowing the date wouldn't change anything. Luke 16, 27 says, Then he said, I pray thee, bef- uh, therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let, him, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, I, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. If someone rising from the dead wouldn't get you ready for the point of time, I don't know what would. But he's, he's saying right here, how would, how would just knowing the point of time get you ready? If you would just let me come back up and tell them how bad this place is. And he's like, no, you've got the prophets. You've got the preachers right now. They're telling you. I'm telling you today it is appointed unto us all once to die, every single one of us. Somebody doesn't have to come back from hell to tell you about hell. Nobody should have to come back from heaven to tell you about heaven. I'm here to tell you this morning that we are appointed once to die. That's all you need to know. It doesn't take someone coming from the depths of hell or from the heights of heaven to tell you you're going to die. I'm telling you right now what Jesus said, and Jesus said, we're all going. Whether it's by the grave or by the rapture, we're all going. So be prepared for this deadline. Be prepared for death. Be prepared to meet your maker. Be prepared to give an an account of your life. Be prepared. Be ready for what's coming. And that's that date of death, the one that we don't know about. How would just knowing get us prepared? How would just knowing the appointed time get you ready? It wouldn't. What would we do? What would the flesh do right now? If you knew the date of your death, what would the flesh do? If you wasn't saved, you would drag your feet to the very last minute. You would procrastinate. You would live life. You would live the most sinful, hideous, ugliest life known to man up until about probably five minutes before your death, and you'd say, Jesus, will you save me? You can't tell me that that ain't what a lot of people would do. They would drag it and they would milk it for the very, to the very last moment. That's what they would do because they knew they'd have a choice at the very end. So why not live now prepared to meet the Lord? Why not just go ahead and do it now and live a, a more joyful life than you've ever experienced? I've said this a hundred times probably, but there ain't one person on the face of the earth that's ever regretted salvation. The one thing that they've always regretted is that they didn't do it earlier. These older folks are the ones that get saved on their deathbed or they find out they got cancer or whatever it is and they're just not going to make it and they get into church and, and they start hearing the Word of God and they start getting to sing praises to Him and they get to hear good uh, testimony, get to hear good preaching and, and they're like, I've missed this my whole life. There's their regret. They never regretted salvation. They regretted they didn't have it a lot sooner. Be prepared for that deadline. 
But maybe most people have heard of a loving side of God, so they, they can't accept the judging side of God. Now, if you look there again at verse 27, it says, But after this, the judgment. We don't like to talk about judgment. That's not something that we... Because judgment means something is, is coming down. Judgment, when we think about judgment, we think about going to court. We think about a sentence being handed down. We think that, that somebody's in trouble when we hear the word judgment. But after this, the judgment. On any Sunday afternoon, starting here pretty soon, what are we going to have? We're going to have NFL football. Football is finally going to be back. And we're going to get to watch it on TV, and we're going to get to see as the cameras, as they pan across, and you look at all the fans, and they're going to be holding their signs up, and they're going to say whatever is the best player, or they're going to say it's my birthday, or I just rung the bell, and I'm cancer-free. You're going to see all these signs up in, these, in the bleachers, in the stands. But as you're looking, I promise you one thing, you're going to see one thing always. You always see this. You're going to see John 3.16. Somebody is going to have a sign and it's going to say, John 3, 16, but God so loved the world. And you're going to see that. And you're going to, people are going to see that side of it. But God so loved the world. They're going to see the loving side of God. They're going to see the, the side of God, that the Heavenly Father that loves us with, with, with its unconditional. That's what people see. But what people forget is what happened back in Genesis. What did he do? He put Noah and his family on a boat. Yeah, that, that's the loving God that we see. But then you read the next verse over, and then he wiped out all creation. That's the judgment side of God that we see. We see how God saved Lot and his family, but then the next thing you read is how he sent down fire and brimstone, and he wiped out Sodom and Gomorrah. That's what we see. That's the judgment side of God. Maybe we forget about, I was trying to think of the other one there, about the Red Sea. What did Jesus, or what did God do? He took the Red Sea and he parted it, and them Israelites shot right down on the dry ground. Shot just straight on through the Red Sea. That's the loving side of God that we read. He is saving his people. But then you go to the next verse over, and what happened? The walls of that water fell and wiped out the Egyptian army. That's the judgment side of God that we don't talk about. Maybe we forget about Ananias and Sapphira. And what did they do? They died because they lied to the Holy Spirit. They lied. That's the side of God that we don't ever talk about because we're so wrapped up and we're so stuck in the New Testament that we forget about what He has done in the past, especially in the Old Testament. Looking at the Old Testament, I can see how you'd, you'd think He's a mean God. And then we look at the New Testament when Jesus pops up and, is, and we see the Son of God here on earth and we read about the Son of God. We read about His birth and His death and His resurrection. We read about all the great miracles that He performed here on earth. We see love in the New Testament. But we forget about the judgment of God. We forget not that, that there's judgment in the Old Testament, but we forget that we're going to be judged as well when we stand before Him. And so we don't want to talk about that side of God. If you don't have the whole picture, you might think it's okay uh, for the deadline to come and, and to not be ready because you think, because John 3.16 says, but God so loved the world that you think when you're dead and gone that he's just going to usher you right on into heaven because it says that God loved the world. It don't work that way. He don't work that way. What he has done 
as he's given us a way out, or I guess a way in to heaven. What he has done is given us an option. He's given us one way into heaven, just one, and that's through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's it, just one. That is all, because he loves us. Because, and it's not past tense, it's right now. He loves us, each and every one of us. Here's a problem with that kind of thinking, that if I die and he loves me, he's just going to usher you in. He does. He's loved every, every human being that's ever died on the face of this earth and went to hell. He loved them. Don't you think that breaks his heart? He loved them and still loves them. But the problem with that kind of thinking is that person is seriously wrong. He loves you, but just because he loves you, if you have not accepted his son of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he's not going to let you into heaven. He's not going to let you through those gates. He's going to look at you, and he's going to say, depart from me. He's going to say, get out of here. You're not welcome into heaven because you did not accept my son. Depart from me. Some people overlook this deadline because it only occurs once in, in their life. And I'll be honest with you, I'm glad that I only have to go once. And here's why. And it's not for me. It has nothing to do with me. It's because I've seen, I've been a part of way too many funerals. I've lost one too many loved ones, my grandparents especially. I love dearly, but I can't handle that no more than once. I can't handle going through that no more than one. I cannot handle that kind of heartbreak over and over again. And I don't think any of us can. Verse 27 again says, Men wants to die. Wants to die. It only occurs once in your life. How often do you have to pay your taxes? Once a year. Or spread it out. I don't know how y'all do it, but you spread it out. Or you spread it out. That's how... I didn't know it was a thing. Mom, Dad said they pay theirs quarterly. I'm just used to doing it once. But you do your taxes once a year. So we started filing taxes when? When we started working, 16, 17, 18 years old, we started filing our taxes. And ever since then, we've been prepared for that deadline. We know that sometime in April, we're going to have to pay our taxes. And I've owned a car. I was thinking about this last night. I was doing a little math. Ugh, I hate math. I was doing some math. So I have owned my own vehicle since I was 15 years old. My parents did not buy me a car. I bought that. I skint deer for two years and beef and killed beef and skint beef for two years to pay cash for my truck. I was proud of my truck. But here's the thing. I didn't just have to buy my truck. I had to pay for my insurance, too, on top of that. So here's my math. 300 months... And some odd days, 27 days, I think, that I've been paying insurance on my vehicle. Over 300 months now, from the time I was 16 until now, I've been paying for my insurance. I know that once a month, we're going to have to make that payment, or quarterly now. I can't remember how it works. She, she pays it. I don't know. I work. She pays it. But I've been prepared for that deadline. I've been prepared for my insurance. I have been prepared to pay that so that it doesn't lapse, so I don't get in trouble. What is the difference between my car insurance 
in my death. My car insurance is recurring. I pay that monthly. Death happens once. That is it. There's a big difference between once and 300. It's going to be well over 300 by the time I'm out of here. One time versus 300. Even though it's our, our life's greatest deadline because it only occurs once, we're so busy meeting the deadlines of everything else in this world that we forget about the greatest one. I'm so busy working to make money to pay my insurance pay my mortgage, pay the power bill, to make all these payments because we have these due dates. I'm so busy. You're so busy. We're all so busy making these deadlines, meeting these deadlines that we forget about the greatest one that we'll ever imagine. We're busy people. Carly, you're going to have a deadline. Do you know that? You got, you got a deadline. I bet you've got a big old five-page essay you got to have done at the end of the week, don't you? No. <laughs> I hope not anyway. Maria's on call this weekend. She has things she has to do. When we leave church, and we'll, we're going to jet out of here as soon as I get done, we've got to get back. She's got to work. She has deadlines. She, there's things that she has to do today at the hospital so people can get their diets and whatever, whatever she has to do. There's deadlines that we have to follow. But it says that the greatest one we ever will ever face is death. There's two, two uh, verses in the Bible here that make this point for each one of us. Luke 12, 16 says, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain man, rich man brought forth plentiful. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will be will I bestow all my fruits and my goods, and I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? Now James 4.13 says, Go to now, yea, that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue their year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. We don't know. We have no clue what tomorrow brings. I know on my schedule at the office right now, that I have to take one van, well, two vans are going, but I can only drive one. I've got to go to Horseshoe, North Carolina tomorrow morning. I have to be there by 1030. I know that. I've made plans to be there by 1030 tomorrow morning. Do I know for a fact that I'm going to get there? Not 100%. Who knows what the Lord might have in, plan, have in store for us. We may all lay down tonight, and he may call us all home. He may say, God may stand up and tell Jesus, go get my church. The rapture may occur, and I ain't going to horseshoe, and that's okay. That's all right. I'd rather go to heaven than horseshoe anyway. I don't know, but he's telling us, be prepared for this deadline because life is but a vapor. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We have no clue. Life's greatest deadline requires us to ask ourselves life's biggest question. 
Are you prepared, prepared to meet God? Hey, folks, that's the biggest question I can ask. Are you prepared to meet God? And I can't answer that for anybody. Even though I know I was there when Abby got saved and I was, y'all was all here when Paisley got saved and Sage, we were all here. That's between you and God, though. I can't stand here and say, you're all going to heaven. But I can ask you the question, are you prepared to meet God? Are you prepared to meet God? And it's either yes or no. There's no maybe. Maybe's a no. I am ready. Lord, let's just let's go. Take me on home. I'm ready to see you. I'm ready to, to get on to my mansion. Or no, I'm not ready. I'm not prepared. The Bible told us right here, and it as and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. After this the judgment. Are you living your life today like life's greatest deadline really means something to you? Are you taking life's greatest deadline serious? I take deadlines serious. If my boss calls me and says, I need to have you do this by this date, this time, I take that serious. When the Heavenly Father tells us that you have a deadline, you should take that serious. When He tells you, it's pointing to men once to die. You better take that serious. Get that get things right with God because we don't know what tomorrow holds. We do not know what he has in store for us tomorrow. Have your deadline in sight and make sure you're ready for that deadline. Let's pray. Lord God, this morning as we come to you, we, we thank you again, God, for the opportunity that you have given us to make a decision in our lives to accept you, to make your son our personal Savior. Lord, so that the day that that deadline does come to each one of us, when that date of death finally does occur for each one of us, that when we stand before your when we stand before you and we're faced with questions, we're faced with God, when we're faced with with you right there asking questions or going through that Lamb's book of life and you're thumbing through and you're looking for our name, that when you look up you can smile at us. And say, you met your deadline. Well done, the good and faithful servant. Enter in to the kingdom. Thank you, God, for the sacrifice on the cross. Thank you for Jesus on the cross for each one of us. And I pray today, God, as we, we tarry just a little bit longer here, I pray, God, that that one verse that we just read in Hebrews, that it would, it would burden a heart. Lord, if there'd be someone here that's lost and, and undone and not sure about their salvation, Lord, I pray that the conviction would lay on their heart today from that verse. But Lord, we'll take it a step further and we'll say that I pray that the conviction will lay on the Christian's heart as well.
because we all know that we're not going to make it forever down here on earth. So that should give us, should give us more of a, of a compassion towards those that are around us. And Lord, it should make us want to go out and, and reach those that are lost because we know they're going to die at some point. We need to make sure that they're ready to meet Jesus. Make sure that they're ready for that, that deadline. God, I pray today that you give this church the power that it needs. Lord, allow the Holy Spirit to dwell in our hearts and give us exactly what we need to say to those that are around us, to our neighbors, to our friends, to our co-workers, to our classmates, whoever it may be. Give us the power that we need to speak to them and let them know about life's greatest deadline. Pray for this church. God, I pray that you continue to grow it, keep it strong. And Lord, bless those that are unable to be here today. Make them well and give them encouragement. We love you this morning, God, and I pray that you just continue to, to move in our hearts and give us words to say. Allow this church to be a light on the hill. I listen to your son's name we pray. Amen. I want you I always think about that deadline. We don't talk about it much. A lot of us don't don't like deadlines. The pressure behind a deadline. Just remember that deadline. It is appointed unto men once to die. And after that judgment. And after that the judgment. Anybody have anything on their heart this morning before we close out? A little early, huh? Didn't realize how quick that'd go. I appreciate everybody this morning being here, and um, be back here if you can Wednesday night. We're we're going through the the parable still. We're still looking at the the parable of the sower. It's been been good, been really good actually. And be back here, and join us. And uh, there's something else I was going to say. Oh, keep praying uh, about revival. Um, I just found out that Jason Cornett left Farm Bureau. <laughs> So, I don't know if he's going to come or not. He may decide that he wants to focus on ASU again. But uh, be praying for that. I've, I've asked Brother Jason Cornett to be with us. Haven't set a date. It'll be in October, I think, or early November. But uh, just keep praying about that. Just keep praying. Lord, just uh, burden his heart to to be up here and share with us. All right. All hearts and minds clear. Go home. Dismissed. <laughs>